Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are coming off another hot night. Great start to the week here on the Coast to Coast pod. Six and two last night on Monday. Went three and one in both the best bets and the player props. Up on the night, five units, 4.85 to be hyper-specific for you. Uh, but feeling really good. Up to 26 units positive on the season. We are rolling along here on a Tuesday. Going to be having these best bets in this one. Also have a video up with those play a props. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. And continue to follow along all season with Nate and myself. Also want you to head to thelines.com. Use that odds finder tool up there to make sure that you're getting the best odds available to you from all of these books giving us bets this season. Nate, you had the clean sweep last night. Obviously, the honors are yours. T-Box is yours. So to speak. Almost. Almost? What'd you miss? Almost the clean sweep. James Harden, I did say combo the points and assists, oh. and he got 23 combined points and assists in just 28 minutes in the blowout. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Josh had under seven and a half assists for Harden. I was arguing the other way. And I said, don't middle it. Yet, if you had middled both of our bets, you would have gotten them both right by saying over seven and a half assists, under 23 oh. points, points, whatever. Oh, yeah. uh, point is, Clippers offense is looking good. We should have just taken them to crush that Spurs yeah. defense that, you know, I've still been scared to pick against the Spurs since Wemby just took over a game, but he has only done that once, yeah. literally once all season, and they have not been beating anybody. Right. Okay, Tuesday, five-game slate. And I like this one here. I mean, it's going to be fun at least. Pacers 125 points, baby. Let's go. 251 is the total here in Atlanta. Got to be a good game environment with the number one pace going up to the number six pace. Uh, This is what the Pacers average on the season. And you're talking about a horrible defense they're going up against after, you know, you're getting a little bit of value after they had a rare down game against Orlando. Still got to 116 despite you know, their worst shooting performance, second worst shooting performance of the season. They went eight for three, 31 from three. Last time they shot that poorly, uh, it's because Halliburton was out at Boston and they, of course, just got rolled. Um, 121 plus points in seven straight prior to that game against Orlando. Um, that includes some some relatively tough matchups, you know, 121 on the Cavs, et cetera. Uh, I mean, but now they're facing Atlanta. Uh, I mean, Atlanta's defense is is simply not good. It's worse at home, actually. But overall, fifth most assists allowed, giving up the fifth most steals, giving you points the other way. They are fifth worst defensive efficiency at home, second highest three-point percentage allowed at home. That's 43.5 points just off threes, second most fast break points overall. Uh, also give up the second most first quarter points and third most fourth quarter points. Indy is number one in both those opening and closing the game. They're also just number one in scoring in the league. So that's not a huge surprise, but I mean, you can look at the over for the first quarter or just indie team totals by quarter just for this. I mean, they, they just should come out lighting it up with Tyrese Halliburton, of course, leading the way. Uh, I mean, they, they, they have a little bit of extra rest here, even though they played on Sunday, um, you know, the last game before that on Friday, not much, you know, uh, or, or Thursday, actually, I think. But, yeah, only two games in the last five days before that. And look, let's look at their recent matchups with Atlanta. Um, I mean, 123 points per game in their last four. Halliburton missed one of those, and they scored 111. The last two with Halliburton, 130 points per game. And that's, you know, only with, like, average numbers for this team. 37% from three, 29 and a half assists. Uh, Quinn Snyder ball this year, like I've been saying, the Hawks are just giving up more 
and particularly struggling with guards because Trey Young ain't guarding anybody. Halliburton has the eight has the fifth best offensive rating in the league right now, one thirty seven and a half. Everyone else in the top ten is either a super low usage guard or a center who just all they do is dunk the ball. I, I mean, he's just having an unbelievably efficient season and the engine behind this incredible offense that I will take to bounce back uh, in, in this spot. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I didn't know what to do with this game. I I was looking at it through the lens of props mostly, I guess. That's why. And there's a lot of different guys that score a lot of different uh, – do a lot of different things, but a lot of different guys score for this Pacers team. And in Atlanta, yeah, I don't know. Weirdly, like Atlanta isn't giving up that many points per game to the opposing point guard but maybe they just haven't played that good of point guards. I, it's definitely not Trey Young's defense, and obviously anybody playing point guard is being guarded by DeJounta Murray. But look, this is going to be a, what would we call it, a barn burner in the NFL, I believe, for whatever reason. Not sure where it derives from, but that's what's going to happen here. And uh, anything you want to do should probably be in the realm of overs, even though there's a lot of inflated stuff that's like right around where these teams normally play, like Miles Turner's lines or basically the averages against the Hawks and et cetera, et cetera, you know? So like... Probably just going to be another high-scoring game, man. If everybody keeps doing what they've been doing, it's a, it's a barn burner because you're watching it and you you forget to check on your barn while it burns down. Really? Just for the record, you're so engrossed in the game that you don't even notice that Annie M and and the horse are are out of the barn. Yep. Wow. Did you just, just look so, that just up, or you had that in the hip like that? No, top of the dome. Wow. Yeah. Brutally impressive. <laughs> All right, we stride on here and we move on to uh, to my first pick where I'm going with the Lakers. And it's a pick that you were talking about making the opposite of. And then we're like, no, 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 no. And I started looking at exactly what made you go, no, I'm not betting on the, the Jazz in this situation. It's It starts with the splits for these two teams. So I'm taking LA minus seven and a half. Like I'm just, I'm definitely, I'm just eating those points. Um, the, the seven and a half points, I mean, that's under what they averaged in terms of the difference when they played against the Jazz last year with LeBron. They played two with him two without him, one with him, won the game with him, lost the games without him. Um, and I, it's just he, he can't be stopped against his team, especially if you don't have Walker Kessler in there, uh, which they are not going to have once again. And, and that's the difference in this team's defense for the Jazz. Uh, it's Walker Kessler in, good against defending the paint, like one of the best teams, right? Top four. Walker Kessler not in, bottom five to bottom seven in terms of defending the paint, limiting opponents' points. That's where AD and LeBron are going to live. LeBron is scoring 50, more than 51% of his points from the paint. There's no one on the wing that's going to get in his way to even get into the paint. And then when he gets there, uh, you're looking at, I guess, some Larry Markinen and Olenek's been getting <laughs> like It's not going to be uh, it's not gonna be good down low, basically. Um, so for, for the, the splits in this one as well, it's pretty pretty stark for both teams, honestly. Uh, the, the Jazz on the road, just a completely different team. And we've been talking about it since last year, and I'll just reiterate it because actually it keeps getting more. Uh, the dif difference between how well they play at home and how poor they play on the road continues to expand. They, they score 123 points per game at home and 110 on the road, they are losing road games by an average of 14 points per game and winning their home games by an average of 2.6 points per game, which is wild. Like the, the differential is roughly 12 points, 12 and a half points in terms of losing by eight points per game on the road, winning by four and a half or so when they're at home. And they've beaten some, some decent teams at home as well. Um, so I, I think for, for this one, the fact that that LeBron and AD are probably just going to be living in the paint, and that's what that was the case when they both played last year, and why they they had 135 points per game as oh, more than that per game as a team when both of these dudes played AD and LeBron. Uh, there's just nothing there in their way, and it's really just going to come down to out rebounding 
um, and, and really outscoring, out transitioning them as well, continuing to have a lot more fast break points at home where they're playing at 101 and a half pace for the Lakers. So yeah, old, old team, but uh, they're going to dominate down low and they're going to get into the paint when they want. So this, this seems like it's going to be a fine blowout for us to take uh, seven and a half points and feel okay about it. Yeah, I wanted to take the Jazz uh, initially, just a knee-jerk. I'm just like, oh, that's a lot of points for an offense that can score with, with anybody. But then, I mean, looking into these splits, these exact things that you mentioned, I'm like, there's nothing There's nothing to support this. The only thing I could say is that LeBron is questionable with a calf, and maybe he doesn't play. And then the Lakers offense you know, takes a little bit of a dip. But it seems like he's going to play. He's got props up. Uh, the Jazz just awful on the road. Just awful defense in general, especially without Walker Kessler. Like, the the way they they had to bend their defense to even hope to stop Kevin Durant, which they did not at all in the last two games, um, you know, just left everything easy as pie for other guys. Um, that's why I've already hit Cam Reddish two threes. I think the Jazz are just going to double LeBron, and then we're going to get beautiful rotation for the Lakers to just splash their 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 supporting role guys are just going to knock down threes. The Jazz giving up. 41 plus yeah. seven and a half and i i should give the, the the caveat real quick like if lebron doesn't play i don't like seven and a half points i might still think the lakers yeah. are going to win that game but probably gonna be a lot closer so just keep keep it it would come down i think if lebron doesn't play and you know i would yeah. consider a money line <clears throat> parlay with some of the other big favorites here or maybe a teaser if you are a little worried you know the lakers still can can be their own worst enemy can have poor offense down the stretch but this jazz defense is so bad so the yeah. plus seven and a half I am going to take it is might be scary here, but Cavs at, at the Sixers here with Donnie Mitchell out bets up. Let's go. Um, you know, better defense, better team play when your stars out here, Darius Garland running the show really well. And, you know, a surprise welcome to the NBA for Craig Porter Jr. Who has, has filled in really well with those minutes that Donnie ha- ha- leaves an absence here. The Sixers are just playing at a slower pace. Their offense has slowed down a little bit. I think they maybe consciously said, let's stop running so much since they had that tournament loss to Indy, uh, you know, back-to-back shootouts with Indy. It's like, maybe that's not our game here. So lower scoring game maybe goes under 220. Wouldn't mind parlaying that with the Cavs line here, although there are some some road home splits that, that give you some pause to take an under here. I just think the Cavs will find a way to be in it. Um, I think they've, they've done a pretty good job limiting JoJo and Tyrese Maxey. Maxey is last six against the Cavs. Um, nearly an even one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio, getting 20 points per game, uh, but not not erupting the way he has against some other teams. And B, big game last time out where Jaron Allen sitting, his last two against Jared Allen, 25.5 points per game, modest 46% shooting, plus two. Um, you know, the, the Sixers... They are still, you know, getting a lot of their points down low and at the free throw line, right? I mean, that's what sticks out is like 24th in mid-range points, 27th in points from the three-point line. So you're going against the best rim-protecting duo there is right now. I mean, say what you will about Jared Allen and getting uh, thrown around by Mitchell Robinson. In in general, he can hold his own in the paint. Uh, The Cavs actually did come back and beat the Knicks this year in a low-scoring game for what that's worth. But defensively, yeah, the the fourth best opponent assist to turnover, fifth fewest paint points, fourth fewest free throw attempts. Those are the type of things you want to see here against the Sixers team that's been, you know, focusing on getting it down low, obviously, to Embiid, Tobias Harris, good attacking the rim 
but not as as functional on the perimeter, um, it, like I said, in terms of jump shooting. And, you know, they, their defense is going to continue to be good with Craig Porter Jr. filling in, like I said, Struess, an underrated wing defender. Uh, and you got Bang Bang Yang here with a little revenge to keep it keep it close. I mean, they're fifth in effective field goal percentage on the road this year versus last year when they they started struggling. But I think that that narrative kind of fell apart. They're 14 of their last 15 road games have either been a win or a loss by six points or fewer. And that includes a six point loss at Philly um, in the, in February last year. Uh, they're two and one against the spread when they've been road dogs this year, the Cavs. So uh, I think they keep this mojo going here after holding Jokic and company in check. I think they can keep it close with Embiid and company. That, that was my first thought after they waxed the Denver Nuggets like that, right? Like I was like, well, we just saw this happen. Stars out bets up. Like the thing about Darius Garland is that I think we're just all going to have to come to the conclusion that he and Donovan Mitchell on the same floor at the same time might not work as a like top, you know, team in the East able to get to the finals. Let's put it that way. It's a very good team. It's a top four seed. Probably shouldn't have gotten smacked by the Knicks like it did in the first round. I, I, we'll see what what they can change moving forward. But that is that is definitely a problem. I continue to take that away from the fact that Garland looks so good when he's in control of an offense. And to be honest, like the offense looks a little bit better than when it's just Donovan Mitchell black hole, if you will, at times. So that's my takeaway. I, I still want Donovan Mitchell on the Knicks, but I love Darius Garland uh, when he's the key playmaker. So I'm, I'm with you on it. Um, Nurk, that's my second pick here for best bets. And I'm taking him, Nurkic, in a uh, same game parlay with the Suns, money line. Put those two together for Nurkic to get 12 plus points, which is his core point line, uh, plus 122 on FanDuel for a full unit. And we'll start with revenge. I know this is Nate's thing. He's Dr. Revenge, but I'm going to take this one from him because I do think there's something to it. I think he is the type of player that will give a crap, if you will, a little bit more than dominating who, as I wrote here, has been dominated more than he's done any dominating so far this year on the Portland trailblazers, which it's a 13 and a half point spread. It opened at like eight or nine and it just got just bet directly up right away. So it's gone in terms of anything under 10 for the uh, Suns to be favored in this one. But I, I still think the money line uh, added to Nurk's points gets you a nice little plus one to 22 payout. So Portland is allowing the fifth most points and the seventh most rebounds per game to opposing centers, despite having dominating on their squad playing, you know, almost 30 minutes a game. They've allowed the fourth most rebounds overall and the fourth most points in the paint. So it's not his paint. It's whomever else is playing against Aiton and company. It's their paint. Um, and there's no one else really, like I continue to say about Jeremy Grant, $150 million man that won't go near the rim on defense and, and unless it's like a pretty easy rebound and on even on offense, like unless he's got a smaller guy on him. So I'm not really worried about him helping out either against Nurk um, right now. Uh, when Nurk stays out of foul trouble, that's when he's great. That's that's when he gets to play minutes. That's when he gets to to score points uh, and be the focal point down low, not necessarily of an offense, but like there's nobody else to take away the usage that comes from down low. And obviously this is a team that stem, everything stems from out going in. It's not like they want to play through Nurk in any way necessarily, but he has gotten a, a decent amount of assists when there's two of the three playing and Bradley Beal is out. So there's a little bit more ball for Nurk when one of the three Beal, Booker or Durant isn't in. Beal will be out again. Obviously the two alphas, if you will, of the three are going to be in with Katie and, and Book. But Book's also obviously up to his assist percentage as well. So that, that helps Nurk. But um, look, Portland forces the 10th fewest uh, 
personal fouls per game. We were talking about the other day, and I I, I threw uh, DeAndre Ayton out there as the only other center who could uh, who could rival. I forget who the other center was that we were talking about who was kind of soft down low. Yeah, Vooch, Vooch. exactly. And the only center who gets less free throws than Vooch is dominating because he doesn't induce any fouls. They they shoot the seventh uh, fewest free throw attempts per game. For the uh, for the Blazers there because they're not attacking the rim in that sense it's a lot of baby hooks from dominating so uh, Nurk has gone over in three of four when they were on opposite teams when they switched sides before they switched sides here for the Blazers and Suns uh, he went over in three versus uh, three of four and and the only one he didn't go over and he only played 22 minutes because he had four personal fouls before the fourth quarter and had to sit a ton so um, otherwise you know when he, he gets 25 plus. Uh, minutes per game this season and against Aiton, we're talking about over 11 points pretty easily. So as long as he can stay in trouble against a guy who doesn't induce fouls, then I think the 12 points is a good bet for, for Nurk in this one. Yeah, I, I like the points more than a double-double maybe because uh, Portland's pace is so slow. Um, but yeah, this Suns offense is humming now. That's why the, it got bet up so fast. Uh, Booker, you know, controlling the action, getting everything started. And, you know, guys like Nurk are going to be on the receiving end of that after the ball starts zipping around, right? Um, also revenge for Drew Eubanks, don't forget. Uh, so maybe you want to parlay both of them, you know, a little uh, Eubanks eight-plus points or something <laughs> against against his former team. Uh, but, yeah, the Suns should roll, I think, if, if you want a money line parlay partner, even though it's minus 800, or, or you want a teaser leg perhaps to get the Lakers down lower, get the Suns back below uh, double digits here. All plausible. All plausible plays there for sure. Uh, I don't think Eubanks. Does Eubanks have some points up yet? Not quite yet, probably. But maybe we'll get some alt points for him. Like you said, yeah. we could just get like an eight plus or something uh, towards game time. That would be fun as well. He looks so good, man. But Nate, let's go ahead and get right into your first NBA play up prop for the night. Another three and one night on the way for the kids. Yeah, and the important thing is that I won our little debate about James Harden's assists, uh, even though that, that, that wasn't important. the specific bet. So yeah, another six pack coming Key my way from Josh. Uh, but totally it, yeah, we have some clear, clear targets here tonight in terms of trying to find over on player props. It, it's the Hawks Pacers game and it's the Jazz Lakers game. That's where all of our picks are coming from here in this Hawks Pacers game with a 251 total. Good Lord. I will take Jalen Johnson um, over 25 and a half points, rebounds, assists, half a unit there. I think you can go half a unit on the, the juice here for the assists for three assists is plus 140 is the best price you can find. It's plus money everywhere. His assists have been down lately. Frankly, the Hawks have been playing, you know, stuffy, slow Eastern Conference teams lately, and there haven't been many open floor opportunities for him to throw nice passes. But, he, I mean, he's a very good facilitating forward uh, on the season at 2.6 assists per 100 possessions. Average just 30 PRA per 100 possessions um, and 25 in general, just whatever the pace is. But, this is Indy. They play at the fastest place in the league, and they also allow the most paint points, most free throws, third most fast break points, and third most points overall. They What they do limit is they chase people off the three-point line. So I think there's going to be a lot more on, on the interior here, a lot more opportunities for Jalen Johnson to get down low, get his points there, get some offensive rebounds. They give up the eighth highest offensive rebound rate, does Indy. They give up the seventh most points and rebounds to power forwards, and, and an above average amount of assists as well. So like I said, I mean, the recent matchups have kind of been harder. He failed to hit against the Knicks, Pistons, and Heat, which you might expect, but had 30-plus PRA against Philly and Orlando and New Orleans, you know, back when New Orleans was playing tough defense, and OKC, which is playing great defense now. So, I mean, even if it's an average matchup, 
Uh, I think Jalen Johnson will be all over the floor, but this is like the greatest matchup for, for any position, especially for like a slasher who's just going to be in there getting boards and, and getting, uh, you know, fast break points. I'm so glad you did this because as I was like straining over this last night, I just, I, I couldn't take Obi Toppin overs reasonably. It's just, <laughs> he's so random and he is the position to attack this, this Hawks team. Like you pointed out with Jalen Johnson. And then I got to thinking like, why isn't Jalen Johnson the starter? This is so weird. It's probably a matter of time, to be honest. Obi's the type of player to come off the bench anyway. Um, this is going to be a solid matchup, as you said, uh, for for a dude that is... Dude, I mean, he impresses every single time I see him. He he and uh, J, his, his Jalen brother out in Houston, both uh, really similar, really nice games. But let me go into a guy here who I have an 80-1 to 1 ticket to win Rookie of the Year, which isn't going to hit because Victor Wembanyama plays basketball in the NBA. But you're going to all realize that it wasn't the dumbest thing as I've been ridiculed for. Keontae George, over 19.5 points, rebounds, and assists. The shift has arrived. Taylor Horton Tucker and that experiment is dead, thank the Lord, in Utah. He was having an awful season, and he was taking all of Keontae George's minutes. That's why Keontae George has now gone over in his last four, because he overtook those minutes uh, and, and resumed his role. Actually, really started his role. He never was the starting point guard, and now he is. He's the starting point guard on this team. Um, in the first eight games, he, went, he had a 16% usage on 21 and a half minutes per game, backing up. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker not getting in, also getting hurt for a few games. Last four games went since they uh, since Will Hardy finally decided that he was done with the Horton Taylor experience, uh, Tucker experience. Excuse me. Last four games, twenty one and a half percent usage for George, thirty minutes per game. His three point attempts are up to six per game as well, which is something you like to see. Like there's a green light there, and there's a ton of assists there, which I I did not know that. Like, I, I definitely knew enough about Keontae George to like him after seeing him play and, and watching him at Baylor, but, like, I didn't know that he was going to be a point guard that could control the game, and, and he's up to the 12th most potential assists in the league uh, over the last four games since he started the, as the starting point guard in this league, which is wild, man, up to uh, about uh, 14 potential assists per game in that time, which is, like I said, I mean... The names that he's next to is hilarious, like Luka Doncic and Trey Young and, and company. Uh, so I'm I'm really impressed with his ability to sort of break guys down off the dribble. Tonight, he'll be looking to break down D'Angelo Russell off the dribble, who has the second worst defensive rating of any rotation player after Torian Prince, which is very surprising because I'm pretty sure Prince was there to lock people up. But he's been struggling to defend the, the wing as well. So I don't even know you'll be able to get much help from him right now on the wing. Uh, if Keontae George is able to get into the lane and get those assists up, he's got a couple of double-digit assist game, including 11 recently, which is amazing. The, the Lakers allow the 10th most points, rebounds, and assists combined to point guards if you combine all those stats. They allow the 5th most three-pointer attempts and made overall to uh, opposing teams. George is a, a shooter. That's why I was so surprised to see him facilitating so well. It's like he's just an amazing shooter who can get hot and then is like a Jordan Hawkins style, just don't miss, right, Went from, from UConn last year. But, um, yeah, I think with D'Lo on him, with the, with the way that we know the Lakers struggle to guard point guards, the fact that there's going to be a, a decent pace with the, the Lakers playing at home where they play a bit faster, um, I, I like think Keontae George, we haven't really reached his uh, – no one the, the lines haven't caught up to how good he's going to be this year. Yeah, love this one. Um, you know, I, I was, I was going to tell you immediately, like, great pick because, I mean, this may be the only reason that I was – kind of leaning towards like maybe the jazz aren't as awful as they were early in the season on the road. And maybe I could see them covering seven and a half. It's because in these last four games, right? Keontae George stabilizing force on offense so that they've been able to overcome their horrendous defense 
with with you know pretty good efficiency on offense. You're not asking Jordan Clarkson to initiate things as much. You know, you're getting Market in the ball in spots where he can attack instead of you know way out on the perimeters. I mean, Keontae George just yeah ahead of his time. Um, you know, probably going to be an all on the all rookie team for what it's worth in your defense. Uh, and I wouldn't say Wendy's got the, that rookie of the year locked up at all. Mm-hmm. I think Chet is probably neck and neck oh. with him. At this point, I mean, Wemby is just has not been that great, uh, to be honest. I mean, that's wild. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot about Chet when I was standing seven feet behind him as he hit a game or tying three against the Warriors the other the other night. uh, Yeah, courtside courtside seats for the kid. Um, Let's stay in this game, though. And I mentioned in the best bets, I I like Cam Reddish here to hit two threes. It's plus money everywhere. It's plus one thirty five at bet three sixty five using the prop finder tool. Get the best odds there. Um, and he's playing heavy minutes right now. The Lakers like him a lot after a couple other teams didn't even want him in the rotation, didn't even, didn't even care for him on their bench for whatever reason. But maybe that gave him some extra motivation because he's been playing pretty good defense. You know, the steals are way up. Uh, but, I mean, he's a pretty good knockdown shooter right now in his last five, hitting one and a half threes at 40%. And <clears throat> some of those matchups have been pretty tough. And there's a, there's an obvious correlation here to when he didn't hit two threes. He hit one three in both matchups with Portland. They're fourth in terms of limiting three-point attempts. He hit one three against Houston, third best three-point defense. He hit three against Memphis's league last defense. He hit two against SAC, um, you know, which is the sixth worst in terms of uh, three-point percentage allowed. Utah, as I talked about, they're just over-helping right now because they don't have Walker Kessler to protect the rim. You saw when they played the Suns, they gave up 18 threes, both matchups. They're now giving up 16 threes in their last six uh, at 41% clip. That's the worst in the league. Uh, On the season, they give up the fifth most three-point attempts. And on the road, they have the third highest assist to field goal ratio, uh, which, you know, indicates to me when you have LeBron or AD drawing double teams from one elbow, you're going to get the ball zipping around. You know, Reddish might not even be the first pass out from LeBron, but you just keep rotating it and he's going to get wide open looks. And if he's a 40% three point shooter, I expect him to hit, you know, if he gets five looks, I expect him to get this prop. Um, you know, so I already bet it. I, I love the plus odds and, and I'll, I'll take it. I, I like it too. I'm, I'm with you um, on the Cambridge pick. It's a, a classic LeBron player, man. Oh, you guys, nobody wants this dude. You don't see how good he is. Great, I'll take him. He's exactly what I need, which is a dude who's athletic, can hit th- wide open threes when I pass it to him, will shoot it every time I pass it to him, and is a good defender that doesn't like leave me hanging uh, on the other end of the floor. So, yeah, Cam Reddish is is a, a guy who he got the like really unfair JaVale McGee treatment. Remember how JaVale was like really good at first and then all of a sudden he was shacked in a fool's main character and then everyone, the internet just turned on him and it was like, wait, this dude's really good still. Why don't you realize that he's an incredible backup center? Uh, but anyway, that's kind of where Cam Reddish has landed and, and you're, you're great to, to find plus money on two threes for him against a Swiss cheese defense in, in Utah. So uh, the, to close things out, I'll just take his, his boy, LeBron James, his, his, his uh, big bro, if you will, at this point, I'm just going to take the points for LeBron because I think he's going to be playing a lot of bully ball. 
I, I feel very confident he's going to be playing a lot of bully ball. And I don't really want to have to worry about him diming up. It's like eight assists and the rebounds are all the way up to like over eight and a half for him. So the points at 25 and a half didn't really scare me. He loves playing Utah be- since last year because it's the same lack of defense that they have. And, and Walker Kessler's not in there anymore either, as we've spoken about. So 30.8 points per game in his last four versus Utah, 51, 38, 88 splits for LeBron. So I really like the fact that he's also only taking about five threes and hitting, uh, you know, just south of two of them. Um, his 34% usage rate against this team also tells me, like I said, once he gets into the lane, why would he stop and just keep going all the way to the basket? He, he didn't really have to play Walker Kessler last year because he still wasn't playing very many minutes and the, the year before is the prior two times he played this team without Walker Kessler once again so um the uh the the jazz like look we talked about it they're allowing the 23rd um sorry the seventh most points per game in the paint Kessler's been hurt for most of the season um the few games he played it's a stark difference like and go back to last season with how they defend centers how they defend the paint when he's in when he's not in it's just he is the difference um they allow the second most points per game to power forwards and small forwards whatever you want to call lebron james point guards as well not great but um really just the most points to wing players and, and forwards in general the uh, um, top 15 points per game versus Utah this season in terms of players who have scored against them. Just look at who it is. There's only one guard in there and it's Ant Edwards. Everybody else is like six, eight to six, nine to six, 10 and can handle the ball. Right. Even like Harrison Barnes was the, t- the, the prototype, right. For, for a 36 point game against the jazz. Cause they just don't have it on the wing. And once you get into the lane as a, a tall player, you're just as big and strong, if not bigger and stronger than Lowry Markin and, and, and whoever else is down there really trying to stop you. So um, LeBron has gone, over this number in in, uh, his last three games five of his last seven and the unders came in complete blowouts which you might worry about in this game because I did take the the Lakers minus seven and a half but you pointed out why this jazz offense has looked a lot better over the last four it's because the point guard has become Keontae George not uh, Horton Tucker so um, yeah look if he if he gets the uh, the 33 to 36 minutes that he's been playing this should be a pretty easy over for him as he's just getting layups in the lane I didn't try to get uh, get on your case about this because we had so much dissent yesterday, but I I do not endorse this pick at all. This is this is the front end of a back to back with Dallas Kairuka coming to town tomorrow for the Lakers. I don't think LeBron's going to play more than thirty minutes. Whether it's you know there is the blowout risk here, but even if it's slightly competitive, I think they'd rather maybe lean on AD, their role players. Uh, against a really bad defense. I think LeBron's probably a little more geared up to play, face Luka and his old nem- you know, nemesis teammate Kyrie tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I, and I think like even the PRA, like I think there'll be a lot of secondary assists for LeBron tonight. I think he'll be really orchestrating, playing that general role from the elbow and, you know, just getting getting really good team offense for the Lakers, but not necessarily being like the, I'm going to take over LeBron because he's had to do that too much this year. And I don't think they have to do that in this situation with the, with the horrible defense coming to town. Uh, but they might the next night because it might be a 140 game with the Mavs. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm not going to try to predict that, but I mean, if you're getting ahead of how much he's going to play, that's fair. I don't know if you're getting ahead of how much he's going to necessarily try. I guess they don't necessarily have to try too hard to be honest, but I, Either way, like he's walking, he walks into 31. It's it's about the minutes to your point. Yeah. So if, if that game theory is correct, then yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to eat that. I still just, I don't know that 
he can do it two nights in a row to that extent. If he's playing Dallas tomorrow night, that's a tough back to back man with the pace that they play at for him. So we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll look to uh, recap with you guys tomorrow, but that is all the time we have for you and player props here. Continue to follow along, check out the best bets. We also have up for you guys tonight. And until we see you next, happy betting. Stop.